Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Decorating Pages is a podcast dedicated to taking you behind the scenes of the designs of your favorite TV shows and films. Each episode, I'll be sharing design stories from some of Hollywood's most famous sets, interviews from set decorators, production designers, directors, and actors about creating the look of TV and film, about their design inspirations, and stories that take sets from page to screen. Hello, and welcome to Decorating Pages. I'm your host, Kim Wanup. How you doing? You working? <laughs> you want to be working? Uh, are you sick of working? I am really sick of working in COVID. <laughs> and it seems like it's just the beginning. And I know I say this every week. I think it's exhausting. But um, I know I'm not the only one. But... um. Today, I shot the Oval Office, and I literally started a year ago this week on American Crime Story, so it was very like, whoa, a year ago. This is insane to, first of all, finally get to the set, um, but secondly, like, it's just the weirdest time, and I think everyone feels the same. It, it went so fast, it was so slow. But, um, yeah, it was very exciting to see the oval lit and, um, being acted in. And, um, it went over very well, I must say. So, yeah, everyone was very happy. What's one up watching? Well, I watched Little Things, which is on HBO Max and is production designed by Michael Kornbluth and set decorated by Susan Benjamin. And I loved it. I was like, oh my God, I'm so thirsty for a movie that I think I really liked it just because you got Denzel and I liked it. And then I started talking to people about it and and then they put me down on it, but I liked it. And I know I didn't see it in the theater, but I was just really happy to see a movie and to see Denzel. I don't know. It made me excited for cinema again. So I liked it. And it was set in the early 90s. So, you know, I'm doing 90s right now. So you start checking all that, comparing notes. (laughs) They they were like early 90s. So really it was 80s. So I can't really compare. But um, the other thing I zipped through on Netflix was Dream Home Makeover. I love a makeover. trading spaces and all that I I really you know really like that (sighs) but this again makes me mad makes me mad and jealous green green dark green 
jealous. This interior designer, Shay McGee, where everything is white in Salt Lake City, every one of her designs is the same. And I understand like people are hiring her for that design, but when you're using the same exact tile in like six different people's houses, like she's had to watch these episodes and been like, oh, damn, they picked the houses that I use the same materials in. Whoopsie. Well, it was every, every house, basically. She used the same materials over and over and over again. So of course, it's going to look great. It's all white. It's all black. It's tone. It's very tonal in a white. Like it's, I don't know. They just look all alike. And this one couple was like, oh, we had a really good time on our trip to Hawaii. And we want to experience that every time we walk into our bedroom. Can you design that? Now, if that's a set for me, you're going to feel like you're in that space or that mindset. That's my achievement. That's what I'm trying to get to when I'm designing your room. She literally did like a thatched, I can't, she did like a thatched headboard a picture of the ocean, which wasn't even Hawaii, and called it a day. Then it was like the shell, the shell ugh, chandelier over the bed. It wasn't even real shells. Like, it was, I, I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't knock the person over the head with like Hawaii and have like, you know, hula lay people at the door. But I sure as shit wouldn't put up a picture of like the back bay in New Hampshire and be like, here's your Hawaiian vacation room it was a sin I, I doubt those people really liked it I think they lied but I don't know I, I don't know I, I am so jealous I'm so jealous that this chick has her own series on Netflix and I know I can do it I mean I know other decorators probably watch these shows and think the same shit I can do that and I know I can do it probably cheaper and faster and they're making a ton of money. She's got like a Netflix deal. She's on season three of this. Is that crazy? Ugh. Jealous. What else? I started this documentary on HBO Max called The Lady and the Dale about this woman, Elizabeth Carmichael, who's like an entrepreneur and has this crazy, crazy story of how basically he, he was a man and he's a woman and he developed he, so many different products and was kind of a shyster and then developed this car, the Dale, in the 70s. I'm only in episode two. I think there's four episodes. It's a documentary series on HBO Max. I'm enjoying it, though. Uh, they do the little, like, flashbacks in the, like, cutout little people. I don't know. I like it. It's a lot of work, I think. <laughs> so we are getting into award season. Today, the Golden Globes were announced, and um, this week also opens up the voting process for the Art Directors Guild, which goes, I think, in like four weeks. So, um, Art Directors, get voting. You know, the good place. <laughs> it's the last time you can vote for the good place. I mean, seriously. Um, but I am lucky enough in the next couple of weeks to share with you interviews from people who I think are going to be <laughs> going to be nominated because they've been nominated many times before because they're super talented. Um, this episode and next week, I'm speaking with set decorator Jen Pascal, who 
graced me with three and a half hours of me talking with her, dragging every single piece of information I can from her because I just adore her. She's got phenomenal stories. She's super nice. She's incredibly talented. And I, uh, I'm breaking this up into two episodes because I'm about to roll off her resume and you are going to be fascinated with the amount of movies, first of all, that you've seen, and then how she is so talented, gets to bounce back between these super dark dramas and then like these almost slapstick comedies. First of all, she starts out with Mr. Rogers. Now sink that in. She starts out on Mr. Rogers as like a scenic painter. Unbelievable. She's working with uh, George Romero and Day of the Dead. Move it along. She's doing TV movies. She does The Handmaid's Tale in 1990, which I tried to get a hold of. I couldn't, I couldn't watch it before I talked to her. So many stars in that. Forever Young. Uh, Arizona Dream, which was Johnny Depp's like first movie. She talks extensively about that horrible situation. <laughs> Not with Johnny, but just the whole thing. She does some Tales from the Crypt, Dracula Dead and Loving It with Mel Brooks. I mean, hello. Then she's moving into like Mad City, Lansky, The Flintstones of Viva Rock Vegas, Gideon's Crossing, Boston Public, Training Day, Training Day, United States of Leland, Hollywood Homicide, Anchorman, Kicking and Screaming, Good Night and Good Luck, The Spiderwick Chronicles, Leatherheads, Four Christmases, You Again, Horrible Bosses. She did, the ep- she did the pilot of Veep. Yeah. Argo, The Internship, Ray Donovan, uh, Horrible Bosses 2, Anchorman 2, Sicario, All the Way, Why Him, Suburbicon, The Pile of Swat. She did the movie Vice that had an incredibly ridiculous amount of sets in like half the amount of time. Velvet Buzzsaw, Mank, Upcoming, she already finished Top Gun Maverick. And she tells me what she's working on now and you literally hear my jaw drop onto the floor and my head explode at the same time. I had to cut out about 45 minutes of this interview because... She started to talk about her new gig, which she's not allowed to talk about. Not that she gave me any secret, secret details, but we talked, you know, we talked shop and I couldn't, sorry, I love you, but I could, I can't, I can't share all that. She's working on the new Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, like the Mandalorian, but it's Obi-Wan. Uh, I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous. You, you can feel my jealousy when you hear that. So here's the thing. This career could not be one episode. Let's be honest. It's too good. So I'm giving you two. This episode, we're focusing on her black and white George Clooney world. Um, first of Good Night and Good Luck, which she worked with George Clooney multiple times. She said he's super nice. And then we jump into her work on Mank, which I told you to watch. That was your homework. And I'm sure will be nominated for many awards. Already was today for the Golden Globe Awards. Ugh. She also talks about um, how this year is like an asterisk year in the um, Motion Picture Academy, which she is on the board of. So that's interesting, too, about 
you know, the fate of movies and voting. It's um, just got the insider track there. So next week, let me just tell you, she talks about her start in Pittsburgh with Mr. Rogers, um, decorating The Handmaid's Tale, how she's basically a, a, a crypt and blood like f- expert from working on training day. Um, we both really dork out about the Oval Office dressings and um, our Facebook resources. <laughs> she got Harrison Ford drunk. That's good. That's next week. And so, yeah, it was too good. I had to give you two episodes. So I hope you enjoy. say lucky but you have such a great relationship with Jim Bissell good night and good luck the spiderwick chronicles which is gorgeous leatherheads you did period suburbicon which i rewatched is so uncomfortable <laughs> i love that movie it's really uncomfortable to watch <laughs> velvet buzzsaw i mean is it really a collaboration that you just are like what do you, whatever you got him doing with you because you're comfortable with him. He's really he's really fun to work with. He's um. I was again I was nervous on Hollywood Homicide um, was our first one together. Um, and Krista Monroe, our, our director friend, introduced me to to Jim and um. I, that one was kind of it was really fun and it was um. We were nervous about Harrison Ford because the UPM, I don't know if you knew this story, but um, I forget which show. It was called What Lies Beneath. Yeah, yeah, with Michelle Pfeiffer and Robert Zemeckis. Right. Right. Did you hear that Harrison Ford showed up on the set and hated it and made them change everything? No. And I think it was Karen O'Hara who's like, an amazing decorator. She's like one of the best ever. And he hated it. He said, this isn't my character and blah, blah, blah. And they had to shut down and she had to reach, they had to reshop it, redo it. And it, it, it was crazy. So this was right after Hollywood homicide was a, a, like a year or so after. Mm. So the UPM called me into her office and said, Okay, here's the deal. You can't let that happen. <laughs> like, well, how the hell am I supposed to? Then he has to be a part of it, I guess. I don't know. Right. And so, I, I, I don't know how, what do I, who am I, you know, who am I, right? To, <laughs> to, to say, you know, this is what we're doing. So, we were building a club, and it was kind of a, not punk, but it was like a graffiti, you know, sort of concrete urban club. Right. Club. So we built that and um, we had, I had, I did boards for all the other sets that were coming up and we were doing Harrison's whole house. So I was freaked out about that. We were building it and it was Spanish style. So I had done all these boards and we pinned them up in the hallway and the plan was he was coming to visit. He was gonna walk through the bar and walk through stuff with the director and then we were going to get him and we were going to walk him through all the 
all the boards and, and mm. our plans for all the other sets. Smart. So, well, <laughs> here's the smart part that I did. I knew that he liked scotch. So you got him drunk before. <laughs> I did. Good. I put, I put the bait out. I put a bottle of, I bought a bottle of Belvini. Nice. On a tray with two rocks glasses, an ice bucket, filled it with ice, and I just left it on the bar set that they were walking through. He took the bait, got totally schnockered, came out to meet with Jim and I. We looked at all the boards, and he was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> you, this is why you're the queen. That is, is so is smart. So I got a high five from the director. <laughs> He should. He should have bought you a full bottle. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious, but it worked. That's so awesome. That my, yeah. That's the best story ever, Jan. <laughs> I got Harrison Ford drunk to approve my sets. <laughs> <laughs> so then we're shooting, right? And I get we're in his set, and I get this crazy call. You have to come to the set from the AD. You know when the AD calls you. you oh, you know a, there's something wrong. Heart yeah. So the AD calls me. You gotta come back. Harrison wants to talk to you. And I'm like, oh, what? What does he hate? You know, he he liked it in the morning when I opened the set. Why doesn't he like it now? What am I gonna do? So I'm racing across town like a lunatic. Like, oh my god. Yeah, because it's not like we're always there. Right. Yeah. I was on. I was way on the next set. You know, right. whatever shopping. So I come racing back. And I'm waiting, waiting, waiting between takes. And finally, I said, okay, I'm here. And they got him to come over. And he said, okay, so where did you get that table? I'm like, are you serious? I wanted to know where I got one of the tables. He really liked one of the end tables. How much did you pay for that? You think I could buy that at the end? And I'm like, dude. He said, I know. This is why I... Heart Attack City, racing across town, oh all the way back down to Sony. Ugh. And I said, he said, well, you know, and I said, you know, it's not, it's a, it's a knockoff. It's not a, it's not a real, it's not that great. You know, I only paid a couple hundred bucks for it, but it's a good knockoff. You know, it looks right, but it's not high quality. I don't know if you'd be happy with that. And he said, well, I could probably make one. Because he's a carpenter. A carpenter. And I go, he goes, yeah, that's a crazy idea. <laughs> so it was just insane. It was totally insane. I got this heart attack yeah. thinking that I ate something and I'm going to have to redecorate it and the UPM's going to fire me because she warned me ahead of time. And he just wants to know how much I paid for the table. But isn't that such a dick move in a sense of like, hey, can somebody just ask the decorator, you know, when she gets a chance? Where did they, because they they all think we're standing around waiting on the, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got nothing to do. (laughs) Yeah. Being called to set is the worst. It's, it's, it it gives me such shits and like heart attacks and like ulcers and like, if I'm on set, there's something wrong. I say it all the time. Yeah. It's a real bummer. I know. Yeah. Well, All I want to do is go through that first take and get out of there. <laughs> so, yeah. Exactly. Or when the onset calls, my, my heart just drops. It's yeah. the worst. 
Tell me it's something good. Yeah. Somebody wants to know where that table's from, right? <laughs> Did um, you also have worked time and time again now with George Clooney? Is he also uh, demanding as a director? Not at all. No. He's so amazing. I absolutely love working with him. He, when we did Good Night and Good Luck, was the, I, I worked with him on Syriana, but I didn't really have much interaction with him. Mm-hmm. That was a rough experience, Syriana. But um, when we did Good Night, we only had, it was $7 million was what we had. And um, we had, we were on one stage at CBS Radford and there were 14 sets within that stage. So we were recreating the CBS studios and, you know, sort of cheating it. He and, he and Jim have this great chemistry and Jim had done all this um, sketch up and they would walk through the sets on SketchUp. Mm before it was being built and they made adjustments and Jim was amazing with that. He was one of the, I think he was one of the first people that really embraced all of that. Mm. So as it was being built, George would come every single day with his video camera and he would walk the sets as they were being built. Karen Higgins was our construction coordinator who's amazing. And um, he would walk and he would work out his camera angles and his shots. And if there was an issue, he would go right to Jim and talk about it. And then he would solve it as it was being built because we didn't have a cent to waste. Right. And it's just, it was great. It was, he was, they were so smart about it. And they really worked everything out ahead of time. Like there was, he realized that the walls were only so high and that he was going to get in trouble we would see the studio ceiling, you know, the, the grid. So he said, well, how, do you have any money left? Do you have any ceilings? <laughs> so, no, not for ceilings, but we put ductwork in because Karen didn't have enough money for oh, ceilings. Or headers. And Or headers. I yeah. mean, we were really poor. So. And isn't uh, that surprising? <laughs> You're like begging for every dime on the George Clooney movie? Well, it was his one of his first right right his second directing job and and it was a little black and white movie that they thought nobody would look at really yeah right <laughs> besides the academy yeah. <laughs> thankfully yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the interesting thing and different from doing black and white this time was krista i still have this little card krista figured out she had um the painter do a, a grayscale paint test. Mm-hmm. We did a camera test because we shot it on film, and we picked out the colors. In we picked out our, we made our own grayscale from a real grayscale, and those were our colors. So I couldn't afford to paint anything. I couldn't afford to reupholster anything. Wow. I couldn't afford anything. So what I did was I took our grayscale and I would go into prop houses. Heidi and I mostly i only had heidi for a couple of weeks it was mostly me but we ran we would go into places and i would take a picture matching with our grayscale and i never printed anything in in color i printed only in black and white Mm. and it was all like jim would drill into me its shapes and values right 
So that's all we worried about was shapes and values. So is that free? Is that is it? It was it was a little nerve. It was a little scary. Scary, yeah. Um, it was it was scary, but it was also it was a bit freeing, you know, because the ner the most nerve wracking thing was when we were ready to show George the dress set, and we said, you know, like there were. Um, AD stands, you know, the stage manager stands. Right. Some of them are like pink and purple and turquoise because they had been used on like game shows or something. Right. So um, we said, okay, we remember that we can't paint anything. So it's a cacophony of color in there. And the desks didn't match, but the, the value was the same in the grayscale. That's so interesting. I didn't really put it in a perspective of an actor wa walking onto a set and seeing pinks and purples and bright greens or something and it being like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's what these people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but he was like, I totally get it. I really, I appreciate it. I get it. No problem. And he, he, it, it worked and, and he bought it. Well, I mean, um, the, the same for wardrobe and his hair and everything in between. I mean, it's, it's, I'm sure it was easier to do Mank in a sense of picking out black and white photos because couldn't you just use your phone right away to see black and white? Yes, yes. we used the noir filter. Yeah. He and Don, uh, Fincher and Don had done some tests and they realized that if we, set our iPhones to the noir filter that was going to be the same as the red camera mm. they were using because it was it was high dynamic range and it was it was a different way to capture the image um then because when when Don interviewed me I was like oh I've done black and white and he's like no 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 this is totally different and it really and truly was it was different how like how just uh, whites were different um oh. whites were actually better than other colors which is totally contra contrary to what we all deal with all the time right we always are live in fear of dps and yeah. white yeah so i got for our camera test i got an array of pillowcases from white to gray like all different grays and off whites and you know how we usually do all the tech colors yeah but i got white white and white and slightly off white and then i did a whole thing down to dark gray and we ended up because he's in bed for half yeah, the he's movie, in bed for half the right? movie <laughs> so i'm like freaking out about what color sheets are they going to be and white was perfect wow it was it was the weirdest thing. I, I I was shocked. I was really shocked. And we we all watched it on dailies. And and Fincher sent me a note through the thing, and I said, I think it, you know, this A A B C. I had them all lettered. I think A or B works better. And he he agreed with me. And so that's we actually used white white. Wow. And I would never in a million years have guessed that. No. And on. At night, I couldn't use white because it, was, it reflected maybe too much, right? It was too much, and the lighting was completely different too. Right. 
because it was that was old fashioned lighting and and we were using LED. LED. I worked with um Eric Messerschmidt on Bones years ago. Oh, really? When he was the gaffer. Yeah. He was a gaffer. Yeah. Uh, um I was glad to to see that he's uh working. <laughs> no, he's a good guy. Um, no, um, I've I've seen him work. His work. I mean, he did Gone Girl. I mean, he's done. He's been with Fincher for a while, and I love Mindhunter, so um, I'm a big fan of his lighting already. But I'm sure you really had to be in on those camera tests. Like even now, in my little world, we're camera testing so much because they're shooting it as um, very dark, like. Basically, I'm like set deck is lighting the sets. There's no, as we kind of all are now, we're yeah. lighting the sets, which is great cinematically. And I mean, yeah. it's been done for years, but it seems like more and more I see less lights coming into the set. Yes. Less set lights coming into the set and more practicals. And that's always worrisome that it's going to look like a lamp store. <laughs> exactly. But uh, but they're all modified, right? Right. Well, and or, we, like, we can't use certain bulbs. They have to be, everything has to be dimmable. Ours, they changed them all to LEDs. Oh. Almost, not all of them, but almost all of them. We did some tests with different bulbs. We got some vintage bulbs and tried those so they let us use vintage bulbs or they would do leds and dial it up we're using all vintage bulbs no led wow so now when you find a lamp that you like and it's led you can't use it now i'm in that opposite world but and then for mank versus uh good night and good luck did you look back and be like, oh, I know what table could work there. <laughs> it's still sitting at Sony or, I mean, it was, built you built everything. We built, we built the, we built Hearst Castle. Right. Built, yeah. So the salon where you see Mayor's birthday party. Yeah. Is the room as the, it's changed over for the dining room. Oh, oh, I see. So it's the same fireplace. He, he moved. The, there were two fireplaces in the salon, and then he moved. He moved those out and reconfigured the bigger one at the end for the fire for the dining room. Oh right. And then he paneled the walls. I, uh, I heard they they did that scene over a hundred times. Uh, probably. Yeah. It, a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. He likes a lot of takes. I heard. I heard specifically about that scene. A hundred yeah. takes because Amanda... Well, they rehearsed at least 30 times the day before mm. and then did the scene. Because I watched the rehearsal and I was like, seriously, are they still doing... They're still rehearsing. It was wild. That's a but, lot. That's a lot. Um, we, we built the 22 chairs. Oh, um, they were, I found one, I got an array of chairs to show David and we, we all liked this one chair the best. And it was from Arte de Mexico. Hmm. A so wonderful I to, resource. I love them. Yeah. So and I went to them and said, um, can you make 22 of these in four weeks? 
And they laughed and laughed. <laughs> It was amazing. They cranked out 22. Oh, my God. And that table. The table was, I found the base. I found three bases that I liked at Mitchell Lit. Mm. But they weren't quite big enough. And so then I needed to replicate those so to make matching set. So, um, oh, my God. Arte made some of those, and then they made the side tables, and then the tabletop was Alan and Elder made it at Omega. At Omega, oh my God, yeah. was it like thirty thirty five feet long? How much? Yeah, thirty four. Yeah. Uh, uh, when Trish Trish Gallagher Glenn was our prop master, mm-hmm. she she dragged her family before we started. She dragged her family to Hearst Castle for a tour. And she's like taking all these detailed pictures. So there, she got a picture of the end. There were two tables. I was freaked out because I thought, how are we going to move one table if it's 34 feet long? Yeah. Hearst actually had two tables. Pushed together. Pushed together. But they were from a monastery in Spain or something. Right. But it gave us the liberty to so i made it three so that if they had to move them for camera so i had a 12 i think a 12 and then 11 11 something like that and you um, did but alan made the tops and he made them he matched the, the wood because they're keystone oh my god lighted, and then they have this little keystone on the ends the fabrication at omega is so impressive oh, elder's a magician yeah I mean, so many times I've seen the praises of like, Omega, Omega made it, like, couldn't have done it without you. Yeah. Yeah. He really is. And Alan is so passionate about it. He has that, uh, that staff that he made for the, uh, the, yeah. (laughs) What is it? It's a house of representatives. Yeah. 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 They, he sent me a picture of the block of wood and then every day he would send the picture as the eagle emerged from it. it Incredible. incredible. Elder just carved it. That's incredible. He's he's such an artisan. It's just amazing. Um, and then you did the zoo back there. Was that that fun? I bet not. That walk was in like four different places at Huntington. Oh. So, So when he wakes up in the bed, Right. right. That was at Getty Villa. Oh, wow. Which he wakes up in the bed at Getty Villa, and that was a whole redress. I love it's, Getty Villa. Bring our stuff out and bring our stuff in. And David Smith actually found that material, that, that embroidery that he wakes up on. Oh. It, was a, it was a drapery panel that we made into a, a comforter. Oh, beautiful. Uh, so then he walks down the hallway with the tapestries hanging at Getty Villa. And that was all most, it was like half their dressing and half our dressing. And then he walks out of Huntington Gardens tea room <laughs> and crosses the lawn. And um, for that, for the filming scene, but they, they walked all over Huntington Gardens and we, we had to make those poles, the light poles. Oh yeah. Specific, so we had like I think there were two different styles 
it was like I needed a spreadsheet just for the light posts and where they played and how many there were. And it is very there. specific, though, those light posts. You're right, because I've, I've, I've been to Hearst Castle and like yeah. that whole pool room and then but the lighting throughout the whole the landscaping is so yeah. unique that yeah. I really thought you shot it at Hearst Castle. <laughs> I was like, wow, how'd they get that permit? That's cool. What a bunch of people have said that, and that's like the best compliment. But oh, Don, man. he was amazing how he pieced it together. So they walk on one section of Hearst Castle, and he built the wall, and we added the lights, and then the animals were CG. And then he, they walked to another section, another different harsh portion of the of the light uh, uh, wall that he built with wrought iron and lights again. And then they walk, <laughs> there's a place called the Pasadena Princess that has like a maze of a garden. So then they walk through there and we had to take statues and lights there. Jesus. And that's where the elephants were. Oh, that big then, opening. Yep. Oh, right. And then, they, and then they walk more and they end up at the, up at the fountain and we brought the benches and the statues because we can't you can't move their statues <laughs> at the and Huntington. I swear to god i know that you've worked at huntington the dosiates there the dozy oh oh my god just shoot me they were on steroids they're the they're they were... super nice worst people ever <laughs> oh my god they oh my god they are was... too into their job they're way too into their jobs they got to loosen up a little. We're spending a lot of money here to shoot this. We're going to be fine. It's going to be all right. Don't yell at me. <laughs> yell at the grips. Don't yell at us. Yeah. Don't. We're not doing damage. Oh, my God. We had to bring the 8,000-pound or the 5,000-pound crane from History for Hire. That big movie crane. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had to bring that down, and they would not let us come in the back. Of course gate. they wouldn't. Of course they wouldn't. They always have a different... You can't just go the direct route. You have to go all the way around the whole thing. So when she's playing, what, Joan of Arc? That's at the Huntington? Well, <laughs> when, <laughs> yes and no. <laughs> when he looks down and sees her, that was at the Huntington. So we had the whole thing we ah. shot there. And he wasn't happy with it. David wasn't happy with it. So then we reshot it. Don had to find another place that you could believe was the same place, right? Right. Because we all swore that we would not go back to Huntington. I said, I, I really said, if if we're if they're reshooting it at Huntington, I'm not going. Yeah. And nobody would go back. It it's, was so horrible. It was like one of the worst experiences we've ever had. And it's a sin because look at the production value it gives to. I mean, I've shot. I've shot everything there. I've shot everything yeah. there. Yeah. A lot of the good place was there. And yeah. it's every time we'd come back, like, throughout the season, and they would still, and my producers were like, oh, we got it. We're going to have to shoot at the Huntington. And everyone's like, oh, you hear, like, a groan. <laughs> like, uh Yeah. It wasn't this bad the last time, because we shot some advice there, and they were nice, and it was not a problem. I don't remember it being the problem that it was on, on Meg. It was horrid. I wonder if, I don't know, maybe they've stepped it. I don't know. Maybe they got, maybe, I don't know. But it was, it, it always seems like just a nightmare for, for me every time we go. 
It is. And the rules changed from when we scouted to when we got there. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then they changed from one day to the next. You can't, like, walk through anything. It's just, well, for anyone, it's this beautiful beautiful like oh, arboretum is an arboretum Arbor it's a yeah. like you yeah. go down this way and it's a japanese garden and you go the other yeah. way and it's a desert and or it's a rose garden like it's gorgeous gorgeous landscaping and you know we all take advantage of it because you're in southern california you're not going to get this everywhere so but they just are so strict with what you can and can't do and where you can walk and where you can put the camera and where you can people can eat and it's just it's really a headache <laughs> the gate that God did us in it was like when we scouted they said yeah you can just pull your truck in this gate unload and leave and we were like that's great and, and then when we got there it was no no one truck at a time yeah the top with an escort wait yeah. for the escort yeah the dosiates or whatever dosies dosies yeah dosins and and i had winnie and her tent people come oh my god <laughs> god bless her but it's that's the whole thing winnie the is a treasure a treasure a treasure is a who uh who runs la circus it's a la circus who if you've done a if you've seen a, a circus <laughs> scene in a movie, Winnie has probably helped do it. They, yeah, I've, I've also used her many times, but you her guys with the docents. You don't that don't mix. No, that's a nightmare. They're like carny people in with people having four o'clock tea and crumpets. <laughs> that that don't work. Exactly. It was insane. And then you actually shot where Mank oh, yes. lived, right? Or where he was in bed. That well, ranch. No. Well, the exterior. The exterior. Where he really wrote the script in Victorville. Wow. It's the Camper Campbell Ranch. And the same family still owns it. And it is a dry place, supposedly. Um, dry like no alcohol or dry like no water? I like no alcohol. Oh. They've carved up the rooms, and there are some questionable folks that rent the rooms there, but... That's but funny. But the family is super nice. Really, really sweet. Excuse me, but he really did write the script there. And the... But the interior is a set. We built. Yeah, yeah, we built. Um... Was there pictures of the interior? Of, like, what he had going on? No. No. We, we just kind of... That's good. Yeah. You get the freedom. Yeah. The, the, the device over the bed with the, the pull-up for his was broken really, it was in a book about Mankiewicz. Oh, Because he really was in an accident, and he really did have that device over his bed. I think um, uh, Gary Oldman was amazing. He was amazing. I, I, I feel like I wanted more Orson Welles. I wanted more... Like, oh, now we start shooting and then, you know, yeah. I don't, I, I, I think I didn't realize that that wasn't what it was about. <laughs> so then I was disappointed. <laughs> I liked it, but then I was like, well, where's the movie I thought I was going to see? <laughs> yeah. 
but what an extraordinary uh, project because of, I mean, it's Citizen Kane. I mean. Yeah, it was fun. It was, it was hard as hell. And we only had, they kept pushing back our prep. Ugh. So Trisha and I started on the same day and we had eight weeks. That's it? Ooh. That was hard. That's and hard. There were a lot of sets. I mean, just the construction of all that Hearst Castle, doesn't that doesn't seem... Was that like up first? <laughs> no, but the salon where the birthday party is, I... You can, I'm sure you can appreciate this. They were behind. Construction was behind. Sure. <laughs> so why not, right? So we shot. We I got to sort of rough in a little bit the day before Thanksgiving. <laughs> and then they shot it on Monday. <laughs> so we had to come in on Saturday and shoot it. And they still had painters in there. Painting the floor. But yeah. Of course so they're painting the floor. I had a day and a couple hours to dress the salon. Ugh. Ugh. Why do they it do it? Kamikaze. It was like, like, on that Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I would, like, run in with something and run back out just to say, okay, maybe that tapestry can hang there. Let's see if it fits. Okay. Yeah. I have to take it down because they're still painting the walls. Oh, it was brutal. It really doesn't make me happy that uh, you were treated like this because I have such a, (laughs) uh, like, pedestal that, like, you get a week (laughs) and a half for every set and they know that Jan's coming in. So there's no hope. There's no hope for any of us if you're dressing wet paint sets. (laughs) It was brutal. It literally, you know, how you fold up the edges of the carpet so... They can paint the finish painting the floors. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then construction says they're done with the set. <laughs> yeah. Construction says they're done with the set, and yet there's uh, a guy in every doorway putting handles on. So then you can't get any dressing into the set, which is always nice. But they're yes. done with it. They're done. They're done. And we just have a little aging to do. Yeah. And you all, thank God we all wear masks now because. <laughs> oh my God. Our lungs are shot. I tell you, it's my biggest fear. It really is. There are two things that I think the pandemic has me really um, concerned about. And I noticed this prepping the one I'm on now is that we get most of our information by eavesdropping in the art department and looking over yep. the shoulders of, of the set designers and the art director. You know, you're in there peeking around and go, oh, what's that? And yeah. how, how big is how big is that room? Yeah. Because you know the drawings until the last second right so you need to if you have to have a rug made or whatever yeah you need to know so you gotta you gotta be a detective and go sneak around and poke in with people and make friends and go hey (laughs) what about that why is that that closet so big (laughs) what's the size of that window yeah i mean it's crazy you know just to get yardage for fab for for drapes oh no And then get the, everything's a rush with drapery because you can never do it to the last minute. Right. And I, Kim, I kid you not, before I started this show, unsolicited, 10 people said to me, watch out for the drapery. Fincher, Fincher has a thing about drapery. And I will. So does Ryan Murphy. I'm with you. 
Seriously? Yeah. God. They said he will take a pencil and roll it under the hem. <laughs> oh, I don't. I, I didn't get pleats, that. No. Make sure the pleats are even. Yeah. And I was a wreck. And so I kept, you know, poor Tony Carrillo. <laughs> I kept saying, Tony, no, you have to make sure. <laughs> absolutely insane. And he is such a magician. He is so great. Everything was perfect. Fincher actually complimented. Oh, Drake's. that's fantastic. I was so thrilled. And I would just run to Tony. I would call him and go, Tio, oh, Tio, he, he loved your drapes. That's he loved your so drapes. good. Yeah, it was, oh. I haven't gotten was, any notes, and I take that as a compliment. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I'll take totally. it. I Yeah, I've heard that, like, like even the first day, the drape was letting in a little bit of light on the side, and the on-set dresser was, like, <gasps> fixed on it. And he was like, I'm telling you right now, he is not going to shoot until this is straight. And I was like... <laughs> Okay, I'm like, you know what works sometimes? I bring in my hair straightener and I put that down and I make my crimps myself. <laughs> He's like, what? And I'm like, no, 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 it's in our kit. Let me go get it. I was like, because I was ready. I was like, this is not going to go. I got to I gotta be prepared for this drapery thing on every set. And, and I am. It's like, it's like you said, once they are fixated on something and then we know about it, it's a constant worry. That's terrifying. Yeah. It was, I just lived in fear of the, the drapes not working. I know. You know, the fabric that swings at the bottom. It's too, you know? I know. It's too stiff to be a drape. It's too stiff to be a drape. Why did someone give me this sample? Why would someone do that to me? That's what I always pick. I always pick the wrong fabric. Fincher even said that to me at the beginning. He's like, now you got to make sure that you get the right fabric because I don't want any drapes going like that. Flaring. Yep. Like, yep. He said, I'm, I'm a little... I'm a little funny about drapes. He even admitted oh. it to me. He sounds like he's approachable, at least. Yeah, for the most part, yeah. He he was he was very nice to me all the time. Oh, that's good. I say, he really was, and he gave me a big hug at the end. So that oh, was well, really, that's good. That was nice. That was a big deal. I'm really fine if nobody knows my name. <laughs> me too. We always used to say that. Because she was my lead for 25 years, right? Right. So we finish a job and they don't know who I am. I'm good with yep, that. Yep. Totally fine. <laughs> totally fine. I'm totally fine being under the radar. Do you uh, do you have... Uh, I'm, I'm not going to keep you much longer because I know that it's getting late and I'm sorry. I have so okay. many... I told you all these questions I had. Um, but I do want to hit... Do you have any rituals that you do when you start a project? Well, I am a research freak. Yeah. I'll dig deep. And I kind of, um, I don't know if it's a ritual, but when I'm, when I'm shopping, like if I walk through a prop house or a, or a store, or an antique store or something, I'll walk through with one character in my head mm -hmm. and then I'll walk through with another character in my head. You know, I'll walk the same I'll go through again yeah. the same path, but thinking like a different, you know, if you're, when you're yeah. building the character. Oh yeah. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that's, I, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you can say, oh yeah, I know this will work in this set. This will work in that set. And you can 
shop for multiple sets at the same time. But for the character pieces, I really try to do it from the head of that person. Right. You know. That's such a good thing because I find myself like my daughter, my sister, my daughter, my sister, my daughter, my sister. <laughs> Walking around like antique malls like Linda Trip, Monica, Linda Trip, Monica. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess I should slow down and just do one person at a time, but you're so stretched for time. That, exactly. Uh, I I guess I guess I do, or you try to do that, but then you see something and it's like a shiny toy, and then you're like, oh Monica or whatever. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it is true in prep when you have a minute. When you have a minute. Yeah, to be able to do that, that is good. That is a good tip. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know really any other ritual, you know, trying to just focus and and I can't really I'm a really slow reader because I have to visualize every page mm. before I turn the page so I kind of have to I have to see it in my head yeah and walk around the room in my head before I can don't you don't you find that because uh, I do that a lot too with the scene I would have shot it completely different <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> Yes. I would have I would have started on the sofa and pulled out to the lamp. <laughs> we started on these great sheets and then we went over. Um are you watching anything now that's inspiring? Um uh, I'm trying to jam uh to watch Oscar, you know, contenders. Oh. God, I mean, I'm so out of, I don't even know what's going on. Who's, who's contending? I mean. Well, there's, there's a bunch of stuff that's, unfortunately, a couple of them are just coming out now. Like, I want to watch News of the World. I have a screening oh, the, tomorrow night. The Tom Hanks. I heard that's really good. Oh, good. Elizabeth Keenan did that one. Yeah, I, I, that looks really good. Looks good. Yeah. So is so, Mank eligible? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, good, good, good. We had a release date. We were supposed to come out in October. Right. Green. It only yeah. takes one day now, and you're. <laughs> I know. Well, we're at the academy. We're calling it the asterisk year. Right, because you're we're... you're on the board, and you're helping to make these decisions of like, okay, the asterisk year is that we, you don't have to have at least one day in the in the theater. So it, it was it used to be one week. One week, sorry. New York and and Los Angeles. Wow. But this year, it was. I think the the theory was that if it was supposed to be released. In a theater, then it would automatically qualify, but I think they might have widened the crack a little bit, for some of the streaming movies. Mm. But. And we extended the deadline, so it's not January, or it's not December 31st now, it's February 28th, I think. Oh, wow. And then, do you think that that helps just cinema in general to open up to more films? I think, 
there have been people dragging their feet at the academy for a while not wanting to acknowledge streaming yeah but i think you know we really do want to promote these the cinematic experience yeah but you know people's home i mean i went out and bought a new television yeah because i because i wanted to see makeup i knew i wouldn't see it on the big screen nice <laughs> I bought a 65-inch OLED, you know. That's what I have. I can't live without it. Right? Yep. Uh, and, and and I knew that there would be a lot more screeners that I'd have to stream this year. And so I think I I think it I think it's not a bad thing. I think that it opens up to a lot more uh, independence. Yeah, which has really been lost a lot in the last, I would say, at least decade. The independent film has really gone away. Yeah. And I hope that that helps. It's either swept the Oscars because it's movies that only, (laughs) you know, 10,000 people have seen. Right. Or it's, it's been swept away, you know, and having done a lot of little movies in the past you know you feel like yeah i mean because they're really good movies yeah there's There's really really good independent little stories yeah and that and those are things that we all we all watch these independent films and look at like the coen brothers i mean started out like like you look at like all these fincher was in music videos i mean people start in these small worlds and and that needs to be celebrated too because it can't just be the independent spirit awards (laughs) either (laughs) you know and even that it's gotten more commercial yeah very much so and from when it started it's a lot different yeah i um i i i mean yeah i don't know i don't know when theaters are coming back i think that's hard I, too. I mean, you, I, I you know what it is to see Meg on the big screen. I know. We'll see. Maybe you know that the, one of the uh, location guys was funny. He he put up on Facebook that he drove 400 miles so that he could see the movie and his name on the big screen. I don't know where he went. Oh Arizona. my god, that's so awesome. <laughs> it was really sweet. Yeah, I, I'm especially Mank being in black and white and seeing it up there. That is special. That is something really nice. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure at some point there's going to be re-releases of films that didn't get their day. I think so. I hope so. Yeah, they keep moving Top Gun, so now we're we were supposed to open October, right? In July. Oh, July. Yeah. Well, July. And then. It moved to Christmas, and now it's back to ju- next July. <laughs> I heard that it, that might even move further, so we'll see. I guess it depends on the. I know the poor Navy guys are all just so Aww. anxious. Now. And what are you working on now? Can you say or no? Um, the new Obi Wan Kenobi series. What? <laughs> yeah. It's like Mandalorian. What? You are? Yeah. Do you need a buyer? Can I quit my world and just... Are you kidding? No, it's pretty exciting. Oh. Yeah. 
Because, I mean, I was so je- I was so jealous of Rosemary Brandenburg. I'm like, how did you get to do Star Wars? <laughs> no, wow. So guess Now I'm getting her stuff. They're shipping her in containers. The stuff to that you. Rosemary made is being shipped to me because they're moving everything away from London. Oh. So I have eight containers of dressing from... Wait a from, minute. My mind, Rosemary. my mind is and, being blown. Hold on. I gotta, I gotta take a second here. Wait insane. a minute. Is it, cause I just, I finished Mandalorian. Now, are you into Star Wars? Uh, you know, I, 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 I was at the beginning and then yeah. I skipped like the middle. Yeah. Well, you did. You don't need that. And then the last couple, I th- and I, what Rosemary did was amazing. Yes. Well, I mean, uh, if you're doing Obi-Wan, though, you might want to go back and look at those three because he's in it a lot. But we're between three and four is uh, where our where it's our a long it's a long road. Those three is yeah. <laughs> a long yeah. road. Well, I've watched one through four like four times in the last couple months. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty cool. We're excited can but all the crew are really into it, so I'm really happy. Can I ask you this? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, is it the same type of filming as The Mandalorian with all the screens? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Which is mind blowing. Wow. Mind blowing. It's called the volume. There's like three or four stages now that are built just for that around the city. Uh-huh. They built a new one for, that we're going to use. That's like Mandalorian has theirs over here, and ours is across the lot in another stage. And it's a little bit, I think it's a little smaller, slightly. But we did a camera test on the Mandalorian one, and I, my jaw just was on the ground the whole time. I really, really, really want to experience that as a decorator of where you start and stop (laughs) don't oh please if anyone it's you but where you start and stop and then how fascinating how you have to have all this shit made it's it is fascinating it's crazy it's kim it's amazing honestly on our test day they pulled up you know where where han solo had the millennium millennial I can't say Millennium Millennium Falcon. Falcon. <laughs> I, my, my tongue doesn't go right. But in the landing bay. Yeah. From from episode four. Right. They pulled that up on the screen as just for a test. And it felt like you were standing there. I had, I, I was getting this, this thinking, I was like, I totally geeked out. I was like. I know where we are. (laughs) Oh my God. That's so incredible. It's insane. It's totally insane. It's 360 plus the the ceiling. The whole ceiling is CG also. It's got to be so great for the actors. Oh my God. It's incredible. It's just, I mean, it's for us, it's daunting because there are things that we have to give to the virtual art department the photograph so that they can then digitize it which is a whole other yeah i was i was just talking to uh ron franco and he's doing that chippendales and he said every piece of furniture had to be photographed and some sets 
they just took pictures of and then it was done and like he's like you know we used to be afraid that all this digital would take our jobs he's like but they're far from having a a library to replace us i'm not worried about it anymore and i was like i never thought about it (laughs) for sure yeah 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 but even with this you can't not decorate it you can't not design it it still has to be designed and a lot of it a lot of it (laughs) but then are you like probably not you but like mandalorian there was a lot of desert scenes and i'm like they're somewhere out there they're doing some desert work or something it can't all be in that bubble. I don't uh, believe it. No, there's, <laughs> there's definitely locations. And they have a whole backlot, too. Mm. And we're going to have a different backlot. From them. Well, it's a different time. You can't share the same backlot, obviously. <laughs> obviously, Jan. <laughs> sure, they've changed the buildings by then. They remodeled by then. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's, it, it you... has the potential to be a lot of fun. Wait, did you answer me? Are you watching? No. What are you watching? Are you oh, watching me? Um, you know what I did <laughs> love is uh, <laughs> um, Nomadland. Did you see? Have you seen that? No. What's that on? Is that on Netflix? I think it's on Netflix. Is it British? No, it's um, Frances oh. McDormand. Oh, I love her. Uh, uh, I can't pronounce the director's name. It's a woman director. I gotta write that down. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 tough to watch, but it's really good. Ugh. Really I like good. that. <laughs> it's really it's pretty amazing. Oh, I'm gonna hit that. I just um, started you, but I'm buzzing through that really quickly, so I'll, I I could hit that up pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. There have been a couple, but. I love the prom. Yeah, wasn't it so like fun? Yeah, it, it was, was really fun. fun. Yeah, we looked, it was like we had just watched all these really heavy movies. Oh, you needed it. <laughs> and then we were like, let's watch the prom. That's the designer I'm working with. The, I'm sorry. That's the designer I'm working with. She did the prom. <gasps> you can't. Oh, she's really good. She's really nice. Her name is, is uh, Jamie McCall. She's very sweet. Really, really good. Loves color, even though we're not allowed to use it. But <laughs> she's really fun. But if you could use it, she yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like she used a lot of color in the prom and politician and all, but not this. Yeah, the prom was fun. And you're right; it was needed. Like all of a sudden, I need, I need that. That other Meryl Streep movie that was um, put out the same week, like Let Them Talk. That yeah. that's on HBO Max. That's pretty good too. Diane Weist is in that, and she's so good. And Candace Bergen, it's yeah. so good. That was sad too, though. I know. I mean, I guess it wasn't like so good, but it was like I can't believe I'm watching these three women. I know. This is what's making it so good. But yeah, yeah. it was sad. It was sad. They were they were amazing though. I love Diane Weist. I love Diane Weist. Me too. I wish she was in more things. <laughs> um, anything, do you have a film you wish you decorated, whether it's like Wizard of Oz or whatever? There was one that, uh, it's an older one, and it was the first one where I really, uh, I 
just saw the details and I was like, oh, I still want to do that. It was called Unstrung Heroes and Larry Diaz decorated it. Oh. And I didn't know him very well, but I wrote to him. I felt, I don't know, somehow I got his email address and I wrote him a, <laughs> wrote him a note and oh, said, Oh, that's awesome. Just can't believe this thing was so amazing. There were, it was some guy who was like a hoarder, but it was before anybody knew what it was called. And he had all these little, like, bundles of stuff all wrapped in string. And, oh, my God, it was so beautiful. Ugh. And, oh, I just thought, oh, I want to do a movie like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love being inspired when you see, like, like, I always think of Capote and, like, even the salt and pepper oh. shakers on the table. Like, to me, I was, like, mesmerized. I always think of that thing. You know, there's little things in films where you're like, or I say, I say it to all the decorators. I, I could never have done that film. I could never have done that. Like you did Vice. Like I could never, or Sicario. I would have read that script and been like, no thanks, later. Um, you you know, just the funny thing about that one, when we were in Douglas on the Crazy Arizona Dream one, with <laughs> and Faye Dunaway, they were, they had just had this giant drug bust. <laughs> The, the fire marshal who shut down the street for me took us down into the tunnel. There, there was a drug tunnel. Oh, my God. He took us down there to show us. He would show it off to everybody. It was like this genius thing that these drug dealers did. Oh, yeah. And when I walked into the my very first day on Sicario, I, got, I came from the airport. I still had my bag on my shoulder. And... Patrice is so passionate and he drags me over and he's like, and we're going to do these drug tunnels. And I went, I was in that one. <laughs> and he was like, what? I said, yeah, that's in Douglas, Arizona. And I stood in there and he was like, blown you were, away. You were made, you were made to decorate that movie. It was insane. That's incredible. What a um, full circle moment of a was, drug tunnel. That was weird. <laughs> I mean, no, that's not how they was. They had fans along the... <laughs> oh, my God. That's so great. That's Weird. so great that you had already been in it. <laughs> it was crazy. We had no money on that one either. I get the ones that don't... How is this possible? Any... How did you do Sicario with no money? I don't get it. There must have been a thousand bet. sets in that movie. There were a lot of sets. I think I had... And I don't even think I had 500,000. <gasps> like three something. That's a major huge film. Yeah. It was, we spent a lot of time at the thrift store. God. <laughs> <laughs> they knew my name at the thrift store. <laughs> Brent and I. <laughs> Brent is oh, so good. With you today, they would say. Oh, no, I'll call the truck now. <laughs> no, pull up the truck. You got some good stuff today. I don't know I don't know how you do that makes me even more jealous of your talent that you have done all these huge movies with no money that's sweet you know the the thing about Sicario that we were most proud of is we built the border crossing oh yeah in the the interior or the ex where the cars are where the cars come up mm -hmm. and go through the toll booths mm -hmm. oh wow we built that we built that on a balloon field in Albuquerque, New Mexico. 
I've been to Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I've been to that balloon field, I believe. <laughs> yep, we paved it, and we built, they painted the lines, and they, so we had the approach to it, and then the toll booths, which I found in a junkyard. Oh my god, found, you're a digger. I found all but one. We had to build one to match the, the ones I found. Um, they built the whole crossing, the the, the side walks, the, the the archways, everything. Wow. And then to the other side, they there was pavement there too. So there was pavement on both sides and then the toll booths. And then they cut in with the footage of the real... Oh my God. It was wild. It was wild. It was blue screen on either end. And... You've pulled, you pulled off some big ones. It's, uh, it's some crazy stuff. You know, two wall sets everywhere and that kind of, you know it's been interesting learning all the that you really can't cheat yeah you know, or cheat a lot on Meg. you can't you really can cheat but then you always get caught when <laughs> when when it you it's just you cheating well, that's true. when i try to cheat i get caught <laughs> everybody has to agree. yeah everybody has to be in on it i guess <laughs> Oh, I didn't think they'd open that closet. That's cool. <laughs> I don't know why you put a bar in there. I didn't was going to dress it. How much co- closets cost a dress? Forget it. Oh, my God. I love the dress closets. Oh, it's so much money to dress closets. I love them. We dress every drawer in this, in this, my world I'm in. Every drawer, every closet, every filing cabinet is dressed. I could I can vouch for that now. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot going on. It's a lot for the buyers to do, unfortunately, and a lot to the dressers. And it's a lot. That's a lot. Um, so you're gonna talk to me about this Obi Wan. <laughs> uh, off the air, but um, I. <laughs> I'm so dumbfounded with everything I learned from you tonight. I really got to process all this. Are you kidding? Plus, yeah, I get to plug you for Maverick. I get to plug you for like Obi Wan. <laughs> You're like, you got shit coming out for the next like two years. No, it's gonna be fun. Yeah. I'm excited for uh, to see how Mank does at the Academy too. I think it's going to do very well. I hope so. I hope so. Do you vote for yourself? Do you vote? Do you vote for yourself? Oh hell yeah! Yeah. <laughs> you have to. You have to vote for yourself. What if I'm my only vote? I have to vote for myself. I know, right? <laughs> I'm sure there have been a few times that I was. <laughs> well, me too. <laughs> oh, me too. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, you know, I mean, I I recognize all the other people who are really great, but when you feel really good about something, I definitely throw it in there. Oh, well, yeah, you have to. Um, I am so thankful that you gave me this time and I took up oh. your whole night. I'm so sorry for making you come <laughs> talk to me so late yeah, that was fun. 
It was really fun. Thank um, you. But I'm I'm also thankful to get to know you better because you're amazing and you're inspiring. So thank you for that. <laughs> thank you. That's very sweet. Um, I hope to see you someday. I know. I, and I won't be in the prep houses very much. No. At all, if at all, because I got to build all of my shit. Yeah. <laughs> and you're probably doing like 10 episodes or eight episodes or something. So. Only six. Ah, oh, bomber. <laughs> well, you'll see how that goes shooting, though. You might, you and I might be on the same boat. <laughs> Two years from now, we'll be having the same conversation. Yeah. So when are they going to air yeah. our <laughs> When are they going to air our shit that we worked on in 2020? Now, if that interview doesn't want to make you decorate or design, I don't know. Wait to, I mean, actually, wait to hear next week's. I mean, such good stories of being so creative and so talented. She's so good. I'm so lucky to have met her through the SDSA and um, just really lucky that I, um, I can, I hope I can call her a friend. (laughs) I think. (laughs) Oh, I think I can. Um she's just super and uh, I've learned a lot from watching her films and have stolen quite a bit from her Um, so yeah (laughs) next episode you'll hear all about Jan Pascal's early days and talking more about films like Training Day and um, working with Harrison Ford on Hollywood and Homicide and George Clooney and Suburbicon and her version of The Handmaid's Tale, which was amazing. I mean, I didn't get to watch it, but I mean, the, <laughs> the sets, the pictures of the sets I saw, plus the stories that she has, phenomenal. She has a lot of Faye Dunaway stories too, which is really good. It's really good. So, um, I hope you'll catch that one next week. And then the week after, one of Jan's counterparts in many of those spectacular films is Jim Bissell and I mean I don't even really have to give you homework for him because you've seen it you have seen his work E.T. which everyone has seen E.T. Falcon and the Snowman, Boys Who Fly, Harry and the Hendersons, Arachnophobia, The Rocketeer, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, Spiderwick Chronicles, Good Night and Good Luck, Monuments Men, Jack Reacher, Suburbicon, and recently The Midnight Sky. I mean, I might have to make that into a two-parter too because he, ugh, I really learned a lot from that interview. So yeah, you're going to like that one too. I hope you got an earful. I'm Kim Wanup for Decorating Pages. I know, you're looking for the perfect Valentine's Day present, aren't you? Look no further and float on a Stogie Floaty. Stogie Floaty Luxury Pool Float, available now on Etsy and stogiefloaty.com. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each, then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.